Hello there, my zebras. Hey, it's Rob Z Radio. Welcome back. Corey Geishauser on this episode. Corey Geishauser is a very entertaining character. I, I've met him a couple of times in the past. Uh, if you live in central Pennsylvania, you may know who he is. If you're from any other part of the world, you may not know who he is, but he's an awesome artist. He's been doing it for years. He loves to help kids. He loves to teach, and um, he's just an all-around. He likes to have fun. He reminds me a lot of myself because... I've never grown up. I might be 34 years old, but I'm a 34-year-old child, and he is also a child who, he has a few years on me, but we share a lot of the same, I think, uh, worldviews, uh, the same mindset, with a passion for art, for uh, illustration, for music, and I had a great conversation with him. Just make sure you listen, because I, I think there's some stuff in there. If you're an artistic kind of person, you can definitely relate to a lot of the things we're talking about. And if you're not artistic, then you get to kind of dive into the mind of somebody who lives their life in that artist kind of state. If you have an artist in your in your life, somebody who's artistic, and you don't understand them, you don't understand their personality, I think Corey and I, in this conversation, do a very good job of displaying to you the complexities, the uh, idiosyncrasies, and the add of an artist. So check out this conversation. It was a blast. Thank you, Corey. Number one, before we get anything started. Number two, got to thank the sponsors. Uh, artists love yoga too, I think. They go hand in hand. I love yoga. Harlequin Pepper Yoga, located in downtown Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, they're actually on, they're in the app store. Search Harlequin Pepper Yoga, H-A-R-L-E-Q-U-I-N, Harlequin Pepper Yoga in the app store or on Google Play. A vinyasa style of yoga based on functional movement and anatomical alignment. They blend science, traditional yoga philosophy, and creative movement, which is appropriate for all levels of practitioners. I'm like at an intermediate level right now. I'm about a year into doing yoga on a a semi-regular basis during the week, three to four days a week, and it's changed my body. It's helped to change my life, so it can really help change yours too. Harlequin Pepper Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. 320 Allegheny Street, Holidaysburg. Also on Allegheny Street in Holidaysburg. 517 is Juice, J-O-O-S. So you get your yoga on for your body. You should also uh, quench your body with delicious cold-pressed juice and smoothies, smoothie bowls, and bone broth. Juice, The Juice Bar, J-O-O-S, on Facebook and on Instagram. Make sure you check out Jen at Juice and listen to her podcast. She's on here at Well. She, she has two podcasts on Rob Z Radio. Let's get into this episode with Corey uh, right now as we speak. This is Rob Z Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Broadcasting live as always from the Launchbox Studios in downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania. It's Rob Z Radio. Corey Geishauser's in the house today. Corey, thanks for being here, man. This is awesome. I love the pad. You're this, digging I, the, the, what I got going on. What yeah. a decor. What a motif. Well, you're an artist. I love so, it. So uh, it kind of fits your personality, right? Oh, I would just pay for the quietness. <laughs> this, is, this is fantabulous. Well, the funny part is that there's, there's a wall right behind us, and right through that wall is the janitor's closet. And there's there must it must be paper thin because if they're in there talking, I can hear every single word. So if they're in there right now, they could probably hear me. And you learn new words, I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Some words I haven't used in many years. Wow. <laughs> I need a pad like this at my place. I'm, I might even theme uh, my man cave off of this. Now. Let's see. It needs a little bit more. It needs a little bit more. It's almost there. We'll just bring. Uh, Jack Serbian and we'll, we'll do some murals. That's exactly what needs to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think if the walls were painted, 
Ooh. And you know, before we even get started here, I'm going to require, I'm going to ask okay. one thing of you. Okay. For doing this podcast. Okay. And that is to draw me a caricature of me. Because. <laughs> while, while, while we're doing the interview. No, 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 or, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> paint me like one of your French women. Please. <laughs> no. Like, uh, you know, when I, I used to work in radio. If you listen, to, if you know who I am, then you know right. that. And and you would do like the the caricatures for the Altoona Curve and everybody. Oh, sure. And I was always like, man, I want to have oh, one of those yeah. done. And I think I asked you one time, but. Did, did you? I must not have been on the well, level. Well, now that I know that you're a Salvador Dali fan, I might have to, uh, you know, caricature you in the style. Perfect. And having, bringing you in here then made it happen. I had to get you into my environment. To, I have a surrealist, surrealist joke. You want to hear my surrealist joke? I would love joke? to, yeah. How many surrealists does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know. Fish. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> being a Salvador Dali fan, you were telling me because I, I have one of his uh, paintings on the wall. I don't know which one that is. What what is that one? I have no idea. I, if there was a title, I probably couldn't pronounce it. Let me see. Okay, let's. Just, this is live on the podcast. He's getting close right now. He's getting I can't in. Even read it. I've been a fan it, it of might his. Be in Spanish. I've been a fan of his for such a long time because, and I was telling you, my my step grandfather had like murals on the wall of Salvador Dali. It was like he knew everything about him. He kind of looked like him. He kind of had his mustache when he was younger. I saw like older pictures of him. Like, wow, he really tried to be him. Um, but he would like go in and like show me the painting and he would get real close and we'd we'd look at like this, this like, you know, two by two square part of the painting. And he's like, look at all the, the stories that he tells right in this little piece right here. And there's hidden messages all through his stuff. And, and you slept well as a kid? Yeah, somehow wow. I, I made it through. I found it fascinating because awesome. he was such a he was such a nutcase. Yeah, he was. But he made the greatest art ever. Just the coolest art. Some say nutcase. Some say genius. Well, there's a fine line, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the beautiful part of the that whole thing. That could be a whole other theme for a podcast right there. So what got you into this? I guess you're uh, briefly tell your story. And then we'll kind of pick it apart and get into different pieces Ooh, of it. My, my story. Um, oof. Um, you if mean you how, uh, how, how much time I got again? Mm -hmm. um, the, the whole art thing. You know, I was asked the, uh, how, you know, how long have you been drawing? I've been drawing uh, for as long as I can remember. And uh, when I was first started teaching art about 25 years ago, oh, probably more than that now, uh, and I'm only 29 so do the math and um Protege, i decided i found out that my mom's dad told me that you know when you were like just before you were even two you ate a box of crayons <laughs> and, and i said well that's a great story to start off what started the, the career so and, you ingested the yeah, art and my, there you go and well also uh, after um digesting it i um <clears throat> dad said the um the cleanup was kind of colorful uh, for the, for imagine the, it was. And, uh, yeah, and this was before they put scents and uh, smelly, uh, you know, things to the crayons. So <laughs> I just ate it. So. When did you start out? I started out by eating in a pack. I, I always ask myself. Was, 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 was it, it one of those big 64 packs or was oh it like a gosh. smaller pack? I don't even know if they had them that. I, I would That's hope true. it was the original like eight. Yeah. Because that'd be crapping out a colorful rainbow for like a month if I right. did a 64 pack. Wow. <laughs> wow. But... So there you have it. But always drawing cartoons, uh, getting in trouble constantly in the Catholic schools because, you know, at recess, uh, if we had to stay inside because it was too cold outside, oh, we, we had these things called chalkboards. Huh? Chalkboards, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, 
at lunch we'd all draw and play tic-tac-toe and and, and and you know the kids would be drawing these stick figures and I would do these elaborate caricatures and I did one of the uh, principal one time and with a big schnauz on the on the face and uh, <laughs> and I I'm like oh my gosh so I signed it from like as one of the other kids to get them they're like yeah right guys Hauser, you're going down in the frying nobody's pan. that good no. he's the so, only one who ate the whole box of crayons yeah. we know it was him right and the nuns would say you know you keep drawing doing stuff like that you're gonna end up in a in a hot place and uh, what does that mean? They, they, well, I thought they meant Florida oh, I, because that's where all the uh, cartoonists retire to. But I think she meant the way down. H-E where, double yeah, hockey yeah. sticks. So you're uh, going to go to hell for drawing caricatures. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Of Nunbo. <laughs> Nunbo. Do you have any of these? I have something because my mom saved so many of the artwork. But I, I found one for my – if it was my BG years, my Catholic school years at uh, Bishop Guilfoyle. But I had a, a nun, the Sisters of the Darth Vader Sith, and she had like this um, – uh, lightsaber, which was a yardstick, which they used oh, to beat yeah, the yeah. snot out of the kids with back in the... Oh, those were great days. That's how it should be. That's how <laughs> it used to be back in the day when I was in school. You could smack by a nun with a yardstick. People are asking on Facebook today, is it okay to spank a kid? I'm like, oh, geez, I'm not even going to go there. Right. <laughs> it was whenever I was Jeez. a child. Not me. I don't. I never went through the spanking phase, but wow. I've heard the stories. Yeah. Wait, were you in school with Tommy Edwards? Was that, no, he the Tom, too. Tommy is at least a hundred years older than me. <laughs> Tommy's no, he was. Um, he paved the way though for many uh, John Belushi type characters that went through uh, Bishop Guilfoyle. No doubt. Yeah, he was a few years older than me. About he went to school with my um, with my brother-in-law, and those two were uh, definitely characters. And, I have to state this every time I do this podcast because it's worldwide. It's not just the area. So if you're if you're oh. from Central Pennsylvania, you might know Tommy Edwards. I grew up, uh, you know, he got me my first job in radio. We're good friends. Tommy's a, a character unto himself. I we, mean, we were just talking how he should. I mean, he he's he's he is like a Tommy boy. Oh, he's Tommy boy. Watch like the, the movie. movie and just change the voice from "Holy Schnikes" right. to "Hey there, how you doing? Hey, Welcome you out." <laughs> I love Tommy. I gotta get him on this podcast at some point. Oh the my problem gosh, is, your ratings will go through the roof when he comes well, in. Well, the problem <laughs> is he works for the company that I left, so I don't uh, know how that would all work out. But change his name. Yeah, that could be. Uh, we come up with a couple names we, for Tommy. Just call him Tommy Boy, maybe that could be what it is. I I don't know. But if you're outside of the area, just understand that he's a, a hilarious character, and um, the, the the just knowing him, I feel like you're you're a, you're better off. <laughs> understanding the personality of Tommy Edwards. I, I, I got close with him throughout the years, so we became good friends, and I just he always kills me. Nobody makes me laugh harder just at being ridiculous than Tommy. But anyways. Did you ever see his commentary that he does when he goes out in the middle of 18th Street uh, in the middle of the night in his boxers, and he takes his camera, and he looks north, and then he looks south on 36? I have. Then, yeah. That's yeah. Tommy for you. He's giving report, you know, documentary of a roadkill or whatever he's doing. Right, yeah. Uh, it, he's hilarious. So back to you. All right, so the whole the whole history of art. And this is interesting to me because when I was a kid, I was very much into art. Mm -hmm. uh, I was obsessed with art. I drew all the time. I was very bad at it. <laughs> and I and I took lessons, like, to try to get better. But, like, I wanted to be a comic book artist because I was obsessed with, like, the X-Men and Punisher and comic books. Uh, but, like, I took art lessons and it... It would take me like a week and a half to draw the cover. And I would be like, how am I ever going to draw a whole comic book? This seems impossible. That's when I pretty much gave up at that point in time. Oh. I didn't really go that much further into it. Well, how, what about writing? No, I never really you did that do. either. Okay. I guess this is more my art form, the okay. audio version. Mm -hmm. um, but what was the inspiration for you? Like, how did you 
you know, first get inspired to do it and then figure out like, oh, I can do this as a living. Like this could be my life. You know, when I was a lad, mm-hmm. right, and we were just talking about how the um, going to a hot place in Florida where <laughs> the um, uh, cartoonists all kind of um, retire and migrate to. But um, my, this is a true story. I was just I wasn't even in my two digits yet. So I had to be eight or nine years old, something like that. And my grandparents would uh, go to Florida every year, and they would go in the Pittsburgh Pirate Territory, you know, Bradington, Sarasota area. And That's the Pittsburgh Pirate area? The Pittsburgh Pirate area was when the spring training is down in Bradington. Oh, gotcha, right, right yeah. Down okay. in, I think they were actually in Venice, something like that. But anyway, um, I um, would always cut out the comics, the Sunday funnies, and I would try to uh, mimic these guys. With uh, you know, you know, I found out at a very early age, cartooning is basic drawing, with just numbers, letters, and shapes that you can make. Hey, look at that! I can make it a lion out of a five, or I can take this uh, star and turn it into a clown. Or, and then one of my favorites was Hagar the Horrible. You know, the the Viking. Yeah, yeah. And it turned out Dick Brown, he's in cartoonist heaven now, lived in Sarasota. And this was way before there were cell phones and internet or anything like that. But my grandma just basically said, I'm going to get the phone book here. And sure as the Lord made a little green apple, she found Dick Brown's phone number. And she called him up and she said, I I want you to talk to my grandson. And I ended up talking to Dick Brown. And he sent me original Hagar. And that's like nationwide comics, right? Oh, my gosh. International, because it's huge in the Netherlands, being with the whole Viking theme. And and I believe it was right around Hagar's 10th anniversary, which now we're putting you in about 1983. I'd never got to actually meet dick but we talked on the phone we wrote letters a snail mail thing and, oh and so God. he was a huge huge inspiration I, i'd imagine yeah. to uh just you know you know i'd send him stuff and he'd say hey keep going keep going and you know and kind of a mentor to yeah. a very young that's important to have and i actually ended up finding his son his two sons chance and chris brown uh, who, chris brown the singer no, Chris Brown, the big guy that looks exactly <laughs> like Hagar the Horrible, uh, just like his dad. And we, we talked uh, a few years ago. Nothing really came out of it. I just said how much of an inspiration your dad was. And I, I sent him pictures of the pictures that Dick did back in the early 80s. Yeah, like just to let him know that I wasn't some, you know, crazy. Well, I was right. crazy. But, yeah. but I, uh, hey, I really did talk to your dad. And so that was a huge, moment, monumental uh you know, I can talking to Dick Brown, hey, you know, and um, so, so what and was I just started take drawing everything I saw. I right. mean, just drawing and drawing, and you know, when I got was done drawing, I just drew more and more and more. And yeah. did you did your mom keep your like your art from whenever you were in preschool? Do you have like really she, old stuff? She did, and she ended up uh, matting and framing some of it, which is really neat mm-hmm. because that stuff is better than the stuff I do now. <laughs> because I'm thinking the stuff that I do, I wouldn't have framed that. But right. the way she did it, it looked like wow, there could be a whole uh, art show with just you know me spilling pablum all over the place and <laughs> just taking a crayon and yeah. scribbling all over a yeah, piece of paper. Great abstract work. I'm like, what happened? Well, to me, this man? is I was really good when I was two and a half. <laughs> the funny part of you saying about that is like my we were just talking about my father in law, Jack Zerby, who's a great artist. Art teacher for uh. but will never draw anything. Jack drives me nuts. He's like the greatest artist, but he won't ever draw he's such a perfectionist with it. Okay. That when it, when you try to get him to draw something, he'll like he'll he'll he looks at it and he waves his hands around for like ten minutes before he starts. 
And then when he draws, it's like... Does he do a little dance or something? Yeah, he has this thing he does. He, like, circles the paper with the with the pencil, and, like, it's interesting to watch. But when he draws, it's like, he drew a lawnmower once. I'm like, oh, it looks like a real lawnmower. It was unbelievable. Just freehand out of his head. Um, the point of the story, <laughs> the point of the story is, that's my, my, my wife's dad. He was an art teacher for 35 years, and... Our son right now is three, so he does art at school, and the art at school is like him scribbling on a piece of paper. So we get it, and we're like, oh, that's great, Max, and we kind of like, you know, whatever. Don't think too much about it. Well, Jack comes, Jack picks him up sometimes from school. So he'll come home with Max, and he'll be like, oh, no, are you guys saving? Jack doesn't get serious about too many things, but he does get serious about art. So he and his grandkids. So he's like, are you guys saving this art, or what are you doing with it? We're like, we throw it in a drawer, I don't know, and he's like, you are you looking at this art? Are you talking to Max about the artwork that he's doing at school? And I'm like, Jack, he's three years old. He basically is just slapping things on paper. Like it doesn't. That's <laughs> what Jackson Pollock did. <laughs> well, yeah, and true. Yeah, there is there is some talent there, I, I suppose. <laughs> but like, you look at the other kids. It is funny because you look at the other kids' artwork, and it's kind of like because they're all like a year older than Max. He's in like a, a class mm-hmm. that has a year above him. So their arts. It kind of is like makes sense, but Max's is just abstract. Like he made a pumpkin with an upside down frowny face, and his eyeballs are all sideways. And an upside down frowny face or, is a smile, then, well, right? <laughs> an upside down smiley. Oh, face. I'll say <laughs> It's supposed to be a smiley face, but he put it upside down. And 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 now now that Jack said that, I'm like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I do need to save these things. Oh yeah, and not throw them away. Yeah, because some of them are just him scribbling on paper, but some of them actually could be. And then when Max is older, he can go now. through the Max files and say, this is crap, throw this out, keep this, keep this, you know. Yeah, like when but, my mom gives me stuff from my childhood, I'm like, what am I ever going to want or do with this? Uh, I'm going to get rid of it. That's what he's going to say to me. I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old, <laughs> and I love it when the little one hands me their artwork. And it is quite abstract in the, the, the color usage, and she'll fill up the whole page, which is fantastic. Right. And then I'll, I'll be looking at it, and I'll be holding the paper horizontally looking at this, you know, landscape. Mm-hmm. And then she'll come over to me, and she will correct <laughs> it and say, Dad, no, you're holding it wrong, and put a portrait in vertical. I'm like, wow, this is even better than the first time. <laughs> and I would say different people see different things in different ways, dear. And that's the so beautiful then, part then of then art. would, like, do the steering wheel thing. They'd be like, well, look at it this way at a 45-degree angle. I'm like, oh. If you can make a piece of art that you can turn 360 and you get something out of it you each way. You get some way, stuff. You got some stuff. That's pretty impressive. So was that you as a kid? Was that you, you're drawing you're drawing everything drawing all day long. What was like like your dream was your dream job to have Hagar the Horrible in the newspaper like a comic strip? Is that yeah, what you wanted to I do? Yeah, I guess when I was little. And now that I'm older, I I'm taking my um my cartooning and where I have, uh, like, Bill Betway, who's a dear friend of mine, who's a syndicated cartoonist. I tried that. I tried it several times, and I had an online strip called uh, History Bluffs, which you can still see. It's for, it's kind of like I did it um, with Gary Larson of The Far Side in mind because he, he did so much science. He's my favorite. In, in I his love the stuff. Far Side. And, and you didn't even have to know a lot about science, but you'd still laugh your rear end off at his. So mine was, was more history, like American history and world history and art history and I, I did about a year's worth of stuff and they're starting to pop up again um pop up again like where i just saw uh, um uh, somebody had posted something uh, about it looked like a cartoon that i had done 
And I'm like, hey, I did something like that. Yeah, and I dug it up and I sent it to the guy. And then all of a sudden he reposted it. And then he found another one of mine that I did a long time ago and, you know, copyrighted and everything. But what I love to do, and I've always worked with kids, is um, uh, I've been doing children's books, which I really enjoy. So my cartooning is instead of doing the syndicate cartoonist route, um, I've, I've been doing more children's books. And I have three of them on my art desk right now that I'm actually not writing. Writers called me up and said, hey, I got a, I got a script. You got to read this. We want you to illustrate it. And I said, I sure hope you don't have a deadline because I, I, I'm like it's really crazy busy. Long, huh? um, but, you know, um, I've, I've so always wondered my... how that works. So somebody writes. Is that how it always works? Somebody writes the children's story and then somebody else illustrates? Not always. Okay. And uh, that's the same with the comic strip world. Go back to Dick Brown. Dick Brown wrote and drew, illustrated uh, Hagar the Horrible. Mort Walker wrote and illustrated Beetle Bailey. The two of them got together years ago and did High and Lois. I'm sure you know High and oh, Lois. okay, yeah. And what's really wild is how these uh, TV shows nowadays have crossover episodes. Mort Walker and Dick Brown were doing it years ago because if you really get into High and Lois, you'll see that they have a son named Chip. He has his hat on backwards. Looks just like Beetle Bailey. Well, Lois's brother is Beetle Bailey. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And you're like, yeah. So, <laughs> and then there's like, I'll have art students over the years, and I'll have a kid who's just fantastic with the art, and another kid who's not so great at art, but he's hilarious with his writing. And they might be one kid sitting way over here, and another kid sitting way. Are you guys, let me introduce you to. You guys should get together. And I've had stuff like that happen. That you get a writer and an artist together, and they just make absolute mayhem together, which is yeah, which is which is, which is fun. Sometimes you need that partner, the other person, to bring it yeah. out of you. What, you got to have the yin and yin and yeah, yang. Yeah. And what happened with me was, um, I worked in baseball for a long time, and I uh, when we would have rain delays. <laughs> and extra innings and pitching changes. You're there till the, midnight. There's a long wait in baseball. Baseball and, is nice and slow. Yeah. I love how just slow it is. Want to watch paint dry? <laughs> Come on over here and watch grass grow. Uh, so in the dugouts a lot, I would be writing kids' books. I said, I'm going to do this one <laughs> really? of these days. And, and, and I did a, my first book called The Mascot with the Ascot. Which I have. Which you have. Very We've good. read. And, uh, and it, I just made it very easy for little kids, you know, to to to, uh, to read. Although the, the one exception to that book is every time we read it, my son goes, Dad, what's an ascot? And I'm like, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know what an ascot is. So, we get to it finally, and it's like the oh, anchored very, scarf thing, but I'm like, I guess that's what an ascot is. I don't know. I've never seen one in real life. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was uh, kind of modeled after, after the uh, whole mascot thing that I did in another life. You were and, a, a, a baseball mascot oh my as well. Gosh, I can't believe it. Yeah. It's fun, though. I'll tell you what, that was 60 pounds ago, and 10 years ago, too. Then I would I I need to get back into a mascot sweating. But anyways, so I do this book and put it out and and I put the book out and I had three or four like continuations like the character is Bryce the Bronto he's a, the mascot and I wanted him to come back and do. But what happened was I put it out on this web uh, the the, um, the group that published it was Mascot Books and they have like an illustrator's wall of fame or shame or whatever it is and mm-hmm. you put your design there. So Rob Z, you're like, hey, I just wrote a book. I need to find an illustrator. Illustrator, you go to the illustrator's wall and you go, oh, this guy draws in the style of anime and manga, or this right. guy draws, and me, I'm more like Flintstones, Jetsons, type. Hey, this guy here, you know. And so what has happened over the years from that one book, I've gotten ten other 
writers who have just called me up and say, hey, I want you to do. And I'm like, oh, cool. But I still haven't gotten to my books yet that right. I want to do. But Yeah, that's the major so issue. A lot, right? of art, or a lot of writers have called me and told me and sent me their manuscript. And I've read it and said, what in the world are they smoking? This is awful. <laughs> Or I'll read and say, what are they smoking? This is awfully good. Right. It's, you it know? must be the good stuff yeah. this time. So, um, yeah. That's, it's, it's that's, neat. The funny part of the whole children, I'm fascinated by children's books because we read, before Nat, we read a book, not me. I mean, I read it, but it's not for me. It's for Max. I enjoy them sometimes. And then at night, we read two books. So, we, we, I mean, he has a pile of, we have like 200 children's books. And the great thing now with like with schools is through the Scholastics thing, you can get free books now instead of paying like ten dollars yeah. per each one if you whatever. But um, I, I'm thinking to myself like, how easy is it to write these children's books? Because some of them are so dumb, but they're also incredibly good. It's like a fine line, like kind of like the brilliant and insane thing. It's like there's this fine line of incredibly stupid, but also very fun and easy to read and fun to read. There's one called Nighttime Ninja that I love. Oh, that sounds like a great book. Oh, it's, it's excellent. Uh, there's another one, but uh, I'm Brave. It's like a fire truck. And, and the, just books that little kids, they can, the, fun, the thing that blows my mind is he can watch, uh, he can get on YouTube and watch YouTube videos. He can watch a movie and he enjoys those very much so, like a Disney movie. But reading a book, like he's so interactive with it. That's great. So you would think wow. that, you'd think that watching like a YouTube videos would totally desensitize you from reading books and enjoying it. But he loves he's them. He's inspired, aren't you? Yeah. And, and, and I always think like, this would be, I would love to do this. Not that I ever am going to, right. but I think like it'd be fun to write kids' books because it's like just your imagination. Just go. And when you it, have right? kids, it really pushes you to, and to do more. Yeah, you know. And the first book I did was I dedicated it to my my first daughter, and I have stuff in the blueprints that I got to get for my second daughter. But um, I had my buddies and I back in high school and college used to write song parodies because we were huge Weird Al fans, you know, mm -hmm. and. Um, we would uh, we would write these just hilarious songs. Of course, you know we'd perform them, and then the only ones that would be laughing would be us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I somewhere along the line, I found a whole bunch of those. You know, I had to dust off the and we wrote it on the old Steno and the old line paper and stuff in the corners. And I said, this is really funny. So I t took about three or four of them, and I said, this this would make a really funny kids book. If I just kind of crop it here, to, so I have the mascot and the ascot. You can pretty much read in one breath, but um, and that's what it was meant to be. But um, some of the other writings that I have are a little more. I don't want to say elaborate because you don't want to make kids' books too elaborate. That's, depending on who you are. Um, well, the but major the, issue I always have is this book's too long. There's too many words. The yeah. parent, the parents start getting mad. Right. The kids don't care. Now, um, the one author I worked with who's a dear friend from uh, childhood um, he worked for the Baltimore Orioles uh, at, when I was with the Pirates he he wrote a book that we collaborated on it's probably my favorite book I have to get you a copy it's called Dogger's Garage Band okay. let's play together and what he when he wrote this Rich Frank he's up in um, State College now he works at Penn State um, he put this together with that in mind that parents read the same books over and over and over again. Yeah. So when he wrote this, it's about a band. Um, uh, what is it? A dog. There's a, a lion, and I can't remember all. It's been a long time since I did the book, but it's fantastic because he puts these little little messages in there for the for the parents 
that when you're reading, it's music stuff. Like if you look at the page, we'll have like a little Van Halen thing in the Easter eggs. Oh, There's okay. some little things yeah. to look for. Or if you read it, the 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 way he'd make the the rhyme was it would sound just like a song from like the 80s. So if you grew up in like the 80s time, you're reading this book and you don't mind reading it three or four times a night because, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. And I enjoyed like one of the parts of the books was um, old old posters, old uh, music concert posters. But um, I think instead of we did one in the background, instead of like the Sex Pistols, it was like the Water Pistols okay. or something. This, yeah. the, and, and probably the, my favorite book that I've, I've worked with is Dogger's Garage Band, and I'll have to I'll get it. It's on Amazon. I would love to read that. Well, that's the thing is you, Barnes and Noble, and, and that's what they're doing now with like with kids' movies too, which is which is great. You have to do something that draws the parents in as well, because you know the parents have to sit through the thing with the kids. So make it a little bit entertaining for the parents. Like, that, have the, you seen Boss Baby? If your kids watch, oh Boss? my gosh, hilarious! I love that movie. Yeah, parents, you're not afraid to go to the movies anymore. You don't need the kids. I mean, I see people, <laughs> grown people, going to see. We went to see Ferdinand. Oh yeah, and I how mean, was that? Is it I, good? I liked it. I mean, but I'm a. But you're in the, the. I'm into the. My average age level that I, <laughs> is, you know, six or something like that. Right, in, yeah, exactly. In my head. That's the same but, here. Uh, I, it was great. And, and that goes back to, like, when The Lion King first came out 25 years ago. Uh, I remember my best friend in college and I, we were always called Laurel and Hardy because we were kind of, you know, the class clowns. And, and we went to see The Lion King. And uh, the movie was fantastic. But that Timon and Pumbaa, those two characters mm-hmm. – made us laugh so hard that the usher came down and told me to keep it down. <laughs> I mean, I was laughing that hard at some of the stuff that was like written for older people. Uh, just, just genius stuff. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if I even got off track or if I'm I still on course. I forget what the track was. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Did you press record yet? <laughs> the computer's not even on. Um, so... You said, you said something right there that, that sparked something uh, that I, I say a lot, and uh, I tell this to a lot of people because it's it's kind of like the theme of my life, I feel like. Like, you, your mental age is like six, you said. Something like that. Like, I never felt like I grew up. So I, I've always, throughout my life, always when I have, a, like, a real job. That's why I was in radio, I guess, for so long. It's, like, not a real, real job. job. Oh, I can that term. And when I had to do the real job parts of the job. Surreal job. I yeah, a surreal job. Yeah, exactly. And when it, whenever it came to the time... Like with this job, I love doing the podcast. When I have to edit it, um, when I have to like put it together, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I got to do all this work. Like it's like I've never gotten past just. I just want to have a good time. I want to like. I look at having a three year old now. They just enjoy life. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really bothering them. And if it is bothering them, they shake it off very quickly, or they throw a fit about it and have a mental breakdown. Yeah. But then they get over it. And I, I've always just felt like. How can I form my life, formulate things to where I'm just having fun all day long, but I'm also getting paid for it and, and people aren't enjoying it? Because that's you, the goal. You've heard a Jimmy Buffett song, I'm growing older but not up. Yes. That's, yeah. that's my my motto, my song, my life. My metabolic rate is pleasantly stuck. <laughs> the winds of time roll over my head. I'd rather die while I'm living and li- or live than live while I'm dead. And that's how that, Jimmy Buffett uh, lived his life. I mean, still, that guy just had has I mean, fun. Yeah. Yeah. And the people love him. That's my stepdad's favorite artist. Is I Jimmy mean, Bobby. I always wanted to put on a business card somewhere. I put the F.U. in fun. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I would just love that. That'd be, 
that it, hey we get and then there's pablo picasso uh, since we're talking art and, and kids and he has a quote that if you type in google art quotes his comes up a thousand times that every kid is an artist right. the problem is we grow up yeah or some, something very close to it that. It gets beat out of them somehow. Yeah, it's like, like something know, happens. Kids are coming home with artwork every day, and then, gosh, when they get to, like, third and fourth grade, all of a sudden it kind of backs off of the art already, and, that, and the, that's uh, that's a stick in my side, a thorn in my side when we talk about taking the arts out of the schools. It's crazy, right? Like, why would you want to take something that We're most... going to be drones. We're all going to be computer. Or, 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 you know, there's no creativity in yeah, it's crazy. Uh, well, I was just—I I just found out actually Bellwood School, which is a, a school close to here, they've gotten rid of every uh, book. All they're—it's just iPads now. Ugh. All they have is is tablets, and I thought like that. I used to think that's a great idea, and now I realize like that's the worst idea ever because I stare at screens now as a, for a living, and I kind of hate it. Like I don't like staring. We're all gonna go cross-eyed and get cancer. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Our, our eyes are just, we won't be able to see more than four feet in front of us anymore. Everything else would be a gigantic blur, even if you have glasses mm-hmm. on, like, because you don't need it. And uh, I don't like that part of life. I, I, I did for a period of time, but now that I am in it every day, uh, it, it just seems unnecessary and very unnatural. Like my body like tells me, I can tell, and my eyes hurt, my eyes strain. It makes me tired. You get the neck, mm-hmm. you get the text neck pain, the shoulder pain. It's like, I got to get away from this crap for a little bit because it's going to drive me nuts. Yeah, you walk around and that's all anybody's doing is staring right. at a phone. And then now you have your kids giving them phones and they're staring at them all day. Yeah. And I, I noticed that with my son. I'm like, I got to I gotta get the phones that way and the iPads away. Not saying we don't get on right. them. We do. But like I've, I got all my, all my old action figures, all my old wrestlers. Oh, yeah. You got the wrestlers. Oh, the old WWF yeah. wrestlers from back you in mean- the 90s. Yeah. The the late nineties. The late nineties. Okay, yeah, Stone Cold Rock. Uh, you know, right. my brother had the. Uh, well, I have the I have the old ones too. The hot the Rod, 80s. hot and Rod like, Hogan, uh, Macho Man. Ma- oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I have all those ones too. But um, I busted them all back out, and it's it, it sparked that that childhood like passion. And did you start playing with them like from Spaceballs when Dark Helmet was playing with his <laughs> dolls, and Lone Star comes in, he goes, "No, I'm not playing with my dolls." Yeah, my wife no. will come in, and like Max and I will be playing. I'm air quotes yeah. playing. I'm playing with the wrestlers, and he's like doing something else. That's, <laughs> and that's and I swear to God, that's what I'm that's doing. Good. That's fun. And I and I look at it like don't lose the child. What did Mister Rogers once say? The child is it, in the child in me is still. And sometimes not so still, or something like that. And okay. I love that quote. If I could ever get a quote right, but it's something uh, along that lines of you know. Do you find that with your kids? Like that brings oh out my the goodness. you being more of a kid than oh ever before. Goodness. I I drew a cartoon, and I'll have to find it and send it to you. Um, it was, um, it, it, and it's an ongoing uh, thing at our, at our house. And this is this is how it really is. And I, I told a story of pictures worth a thousand words, right? Mm-hmm. I drew this picture. And it's uh, my wife will go to the store, which is her time to have quiet time. And she can go. And when she comes back, even if she's gone for 20 minutes, we will totally turn that house upside down and turn it into the Fort Pillow Massacre. Okay. Ah, pillow fight. And um, so I drew this picture. And she's she's uh, coming in the doorway. She has her uh, grocery bags and she's just standing there. And I don't think there were any words in the actual cartoon, but my four year old and my um six-year-old are both standing there with bow and arrows play bow and arrows dressed with indians with indian paint on native uh, americans uh, that's racist excuse me oh my gosh i'm terrible (laughs) isn't that awful and um she uh 
she's looking at the, the, the kids who torn the whole house up and then l- further on in the picture, there I am with my paint on my face <laughs> right. in my boxer shorts and with my, you know, bow and arrow. And it's just like she, my wife really is raising three kids. Yeah. It is, really is. Yeah, well, then that's a that's a good thing though. On your end, maybe go, not on go her to end. Your, go to your room. Go to your room, and you just go in the corner. Which is the worst thing and the best thing to do to an artist back in the days. When you send an artist to a uh, a corner, I don't even know if they do that anymore. But I spent a lot of You're time. You're probably not allowed to. I spent a lot of time staring at white blank walls. Are you going to give me a white wall? I'm going to paint. So I mean. Then I'd be in detention even longer because I decided. Well, you'd start drawing on the wall. Yeah, don't erase that, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> and then you know, years See, later, when the artist is famous and stuff, or no big deal, infamous, you erased that. That could have taken that out. It'd have been worth thousands. So you never did graffiti art or anything like that. Was that not your? Uh... Um, you mean like professionally or vandalism? Well, or... either way. I mean, whatever you wanted to. Whatever you, I guess that was technically vandalism, yeah. graffiti art in school. But. Now they have those crayons that you can draw on and they they wipe right off. But, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to draw on everything. Right. And my my, my, my four-year-old does that now, too. Yeah. All through the house. And my wife's like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, your father-in-law. I'm like, no, no. That's Sit. fantastic, and I'm trying to read what she's saying here, <laughs> trying to decipher her code or something like that. But oh, like, man. but the, uh, the 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 whole schools things, and and I work at Parks and Recreation now, and I'm trying to get. What uh, does that mean exactly? I mean, I've watched the show, but it probably doesn't. Oh no. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got to watch that show. You think after being there almost a year, I'd watch that show? What do you do uh, at Parks and Rec? We uh, um. I'm the, well, I just say I'm the activity guy, the fun guy, but it, the actual title is um, – wait a minute. i got to look in here. I am – Professional – Superintendent of Recreation. Ugh. And wow. doesn't a fun guy sound that better or like a fungus? <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to incorporate more arts. And I know for a fact that it doesn't matter where we are in this world, it, it, central Pennsylvania where we're coming from, or children – or yearn to learn because I get this all the time. Corey, you, you, I'm, I'm going to do another art. Uh, I call my art classes art fun shops because they're supposed to be fun, right? And it's um, cartooning for kids. And I say that the kids sign up because it's cartooning. A lot of people who I've taught now teaching their kids. It's the worst part of teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, no, they're coming because of you. I, th- I Thanks, man. That really makes me feel good. But I, I really like to think it's a combination of the cartooning and me being a walking talking cartoon but they're like your your class fills out so quick it fills up so quick and then i'm starting to bring more arts and and people are signing up they're kicking the arts out of the school so when people do their private art lessons or private music lessons or, or dance yeah kids are signing up because they're kicking it the hell out of the well, and honestly, the, the ones that are outside of the school are probably better than the ones that are in the school. Absolutely. I've been telling you. Well, I could, the, yes. the, there's no rules involved. There's no uh, curriculum involved or yeah. anything like that. You can do whatever you want. When I first started, um, after um, I came back from Pittsburgh, went to art school there, uh, I started doing an after-school arts program. And parents um, were like, oh, yeah, let's just pay this guy to babysit. It was what it really started out right, with. And then I'm yeah. like, hey, let's while we're here, let's just look at this. And, uh, you know, the, one of the best parts of teaching, I was telling you, you know, the worst part there is, you know, you taught my son whenever I went to school. Oh, <laughs> come on. Is the kids you teach who now work for Disney. Or they 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 work for professional sports, and and then they'll uh, and you're reaching out for money, 
and I'm reaching. I'm like, hey, you remember me? <laughs> Help an old man. And, and, uh, what What I love about them is there's a there's a handful of them. Is when I'll I'll put an advertisement on Facebook that hey, I'm going to be doing art classes, and one of them who will will send a picture that they drew in my class back in 1995. You know, they're Lord knows where now. Working, one of them does the Planet of the Apes movies now. That the, really? the new ones that are really scary, and the artwork is fantabulous. And then um, some of them will, will, will uh, you know, say almost like a testimonial. Hey, make sure you guys sign up for this course because da da da. And that to me, the goosebumps and just you know, yeah. I mean, because. Some of them actually still call me up and say, "Hey, I got a project in front of me. What would you do?" And they ask me, and I'm, to me, I'm like, "What are you asking me for? You're the one that's, you know, no, no. I'm asking you because, you know, it's like the the Jedi thing. Teacher is student, student is teacher, yeah. or something." Oh. So there's, but I think I that's, the kids want to learn art. That's, the arts. In, that's important across the board, though, because even no matter how big you get, I mean, obviously you didn't get there by yourself. So you always look to those people who kind of helped you out along the way or you looked up to along the way for that advice because everybody gets stuck you know you get kind of stuck in a rut or you're trying to figure something out and you always got you got to go back to where you learned the thing from which is awesome in your case you say you know it it's it's a strange feeling to have an older person come up and say hey you you know taught me in school and you're like well that's my jack zerby my my father-in-law would always say he would every everywhere we go. He's like, oh, a former student. Yeah, he teach yeah. art for thirty five years. Right. He has people right. who were like two years younger than him who were like former student. They're like sixty eight. Right, he's right he's out. Like, what he the started hell? right out of college, right? Yeah, yeah. he was like twenty one when he started teaching. So that's got to be a weird feeling, but at the same time, it's got to be such a compliment. And I just got a compliment from a kid the other day who messaged me on Twitter. I I don't remember the conversation we had, but he said that we had talked once and um, that I had said to him, you know, just. Because he was trying to figure out how to, like, he wanted to do, like, Instagram and YouTube. Oh, yeah, sure. And now he does, and he's got, like, a couple thousand followers. And he messaged me, and he's like, you know, I just want to thank you for that one time we met, and you said, you know, just whatever you do, make sure it's you, make sure it's authentic, and just have fun doing it. And that was pretty much all I said. Like, just, and don't stop doing it. Do it, and do it as who you are, and don't quit. And he was like, that that meant a lot to me, and I think about that every day. And I was like, damn, I don't... It's like, I don't even remember saying that. And that's me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe you got me wrong. Hopefully not. I'll, right. I'll take the credit either way. Um, right. But I was like, that's the best compliment you could ever possibly get. You know, there's not no better feeling than having somebody else come up and, and say that they remember you telling them something or showing them something and they're still using it. It's it's pretty powerful. It, it, it's 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 a great 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 feeling. So many of the so many kids look up to us, and you know, you watch the news, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, I, I just watch the news to watch Steve Hartman because he always has those uh, really great stories, inspiring stories at the end of the CBS news because there's like no good news, right? There's nothing then, positive, you know. And he always has like the real inspirational, and I don't know who he is, but I, I, I yeah, he, Steve end, Hartman. I'm pretty sure it's him on the road. Okay, and he always does like you. You can't. It doesn't matter. I mean, I used to work at the vet's home with some of the biggest, roughest, toughest guys, you know. And they'd sit there, and we'd we'd get tears in our eyes. The the, the things that were so inspirational that, uh, you know, it's like wipe those tears and now go out and do something good for the you know the community. Yeah. Well, how much would the world change if they just flipped the news? 
to positive. You know, like it, it's so stupid. I, it's such an obvious thing, but like it's so negative at all times. And you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Like that's the theory. Uh, but if they would just switch it up a little bit, have the first news story be something positive every day. Like, how much would that change people's perception of the world, let alone like their everyday life? Tito, all the morning shows or all the newscasters will start off with "Good morning" or "Good evening," and that's the last time you hear anything good. Right? <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, that's messed good up morning. there. Um, Plane yeah. down here. Oh my! Were you a comic book fan too, or was it comic strips? You know, um, I was more comic strips. I loved Calvin and Hobbes and um, Gary Larson with the Far Side. They were uh, both geniuses. Um, I, I had did, all the Far Side books. Did you? Like the, they because he put them all in like those big books. Oh, I loved it. I don't the, think I have the them galleries. Anymore. Right? Yeah, the galleries. Um, yeah. The uh, I remember when he was. You know, at the peak of his career, and we were all in uh, art school, and uh, we said we we pretty much said that he is he draws in a padded room in a straitjacket mm-hmm. with a pencil in his mouth. I mean, th- I mean he's absolute genius. But he is. Uh, like, how did he do it? He because had, everything it, was funny and it was all unique. And it was it. him and his brother. His okay, brother okay. helped out a lot too. And if you know, I mean, do you ever listen to Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers, the Car Talk? If, if those guys are brothers, and if you have somebody that to feed off like that, you can go forever. Yeah. But uh, I still think he's in a cave somewhere putting stuff out, and it's gonna it's gonna come out oh, really? soon. I think he's still is he still alive? He's, he's still alive. Yeah, and something's gonna happen. But you know what? As far as the comic books, this is kind of wild because. Only a couple of years ago did I go to my first comic convention. When I was when I was just a you know knee high to a whatever toadstool, I did the um, yeah I grabbed the the Hulk and the Spider Mans and all that and but I didn't collect them and put them in cellophane and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but um, w- when I started teaching and then back around 99, 2000, whenever Marvel really started, boom, with Spider-Man and the Hulk and Captain America, I had to keep up with this stuff because my students would come in and say, hey, Mr. G, did you see what Thor did? And and I'm like, okay, better. But uh, comic book, I I could never follow the, the a lot of the soap operas that went on. In it. Yeah. But now uh, I, I'm finding myself watching all of the um, – all of the, the superhero movies, and, movies and TV shows just to kind of – and I'll be sitting there. If, if I go to a movie with a buddy who is a comic fan, um, I'll be like, hey, when did that happen? And they're like, are you kidding me? It was issue 274 in the third page and the fourth. Or I'm like, oh, <laughs> I see. It happened but like the, 20 years ago yeah, too. Right. But comics, the, yeah, The comic book artist, I mean, uh, it's fantastic. I did an art workshop one time with a, a writer for Marvel, and I did my little thing, you know, with my little cartoons and stuff like that. And I was just overwhelmed at his background. I thought that was fantastic. And he was, like, overwhelmed with what I did. And it just – Really neat stuff, but Marvel's making a nice penny off of all their crossovers yeah, they're and all their. They're in my Disney now, so I imagine they're doing all right. Stanley's good. He's he's, he's well off. He's, oh, but that's the thing about he might be dead, and they're actually keeping him alive. He's with been all the C- money. He's been a CGI <laughs> character for about ten years. You know, I and comic books for for me like it started with comic strips for sure. Every every morning, you know, getting ready for school, eating a pop tart, read the comics. Uh, but then once I found out about like X Men and I got more into like the graphic novels too, I loved Spawn was a huge oh, one. Wow. I was a big Spawn fan, and those things just like 
because the steel, you're right. The, the, the stories are the stories can get like unnecessarily deep and intricate, and you kind of like lose track after a while of like what's going on. Uh, but I just always enjoyed thinking that there's somebody out there that this is their job, and they're making these comic books, and they're drawing this for a living. And that's the same way I used to think about action figures too, because I think I missed my calling in life somewhere along the line of designing action figures because I love like when we go to the toy store I'll stand in the action figure aisle and I'll like stare at them and like oh I love this one oh that one's really cool we should get this one Max and he doesn't want anything it's to do with it it's not too late yeah well I mean but I, it would be a big it would be a big move from what I've been doing for 90% of my life to jump into designing action figures. So maybe one day. I don't know. Who knows? Max will mold Max to be the monster <laughs> yeah. maker. I'll have him become the action figure designer. Uh, but yeah, it just always blew my mind. Like, that's how you can make your living. And, you know, the way our, our society is kind of designed, it's like, you know, you got to get these normal 9 to 5 jobs and they're not that much fun. And you can, like, have your hobby afterwards, but you're not really supposed to have that as your main job. Yet yeah. people do it all the time. And that's their career. And that, that's been your career for most of your life, right? I mean, you got to find things that pay the bills. Right. I, I've been pretty lucky, knock on wood, to, to do what I like to do, love do what I love to do, actually, and, and make, make money at it and make a career out of it, yeah. So as far but, as people listening to this podcast, you know, mostly probably parents. I don't know how many young kids listen to just audio podcasts. Probably pretty boring for them. I doubt there's that many. Oh, come well, on. This was pretty comical hour i thought i just i think when i was a kid like i loved see i, I was different because i loved radio i loved audio but a lot mm -hmm. of kids like they love youtube like, oh, they need to yeah. see what's going yeah. on you know um which is why i need to get video I, kill the radio star. Oh, yeah exactly <laughs> that's it's still kind of it's, it's still true to a certain uh sense podcasts are big though as well it depends on i guess what you like but uh what would you say to parents out there somebody who uh you know has that passion you know it's inside of them but they've kind of just for whatever reason, life got in the way and they never pursued it. Oh, for the parents. Um, yeah, or just, I mean, anybody, you know, who's who knows that's what they want to do, but they haven't done it. That's an awesome question. Well, first, if they have kids that have the artistic bug, don't, don't shun them away for that. Foster, care, nourish them in, in the, the way uh, of the arts. Fortunately, there's fortunately and unfortunately about that thing called the internet. But you know, you can you can find almost uh, in any part of the world now, find somebody who knows somebody or can get. You know, I, I my kid likes to play the ukulele. I mean, she wants to play guitar. Every time I see her, she has that fake guitar that she's always like headbanging to. And I'm thinking the School of Rock with Jack Black. Every time I see her, this kid. Yeah. Really, so I, you know, I knew I that the, the ukulele is a smaller version of the guitar, a lot easier to play, and I know a few people, and I got online and checked a couple things out, and they, you there, know. There's the, a local ukulele yeah, club. that's who I got in touch with, Milani Ramsey. You know, oh, okay. She has that at the uh, Holidaysburg Library, and my little one goes in and sits with them every once in a while, but, you know, it's like, okay, maybe she wants to do that, though, you know. Did but, Tiny Tim ever come in and <laughs> guest appearance, like? Who do you look up? Who do you look up to whenever you're a ukulele player? There's one guy, right? Is Tiny Tim? That's that and it. a really big guy in Hawaii Five O. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but um, so, but 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 I say to the um, the parents and the adults that um, you know, and, and I'm sure they've heard it before. You know, you only have one life to live, uh, unless you're into reincarnation. But um, or moral personalities, right? <laughs> and you know, you already got one shot at this, as far as we know. And um, so many that uh, 
that I talk to are stuck in the regular doldrums of, of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, peace of mind is a huge thing that a lot of people don't, you know, I have to do this. I have to get my benefits. I have to do, 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 do. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very important. Make sure you, you're secure about that. But I, I remember growing up, there was a guy who lived next door to us. After his wife died, he was probably 75 when she died. He said, you know what, I'm going to learn how to play the church organ because my wife played it and it's sitting here and I don't want to get rid of it. So he learned to play after she died. I mean, it's like you really are never too old to try something. My grandma, she, she's up in the big golf course in the sky right now, but I remember when she was like 80, she came to me and she says, teach me how to draw. I said, What? So I did little doodles and dabbles that I teach the little kids, and I started with my grandma, and she was, like, whipping all these cartoons out within no time. That's awesome. I mean, stuff like that gets me really psyched. You yeah. Know? Uh, so I, it's, That's staying creative. Uh, like, people like yeah. you don't lose that creative spark, like that, just that interest. If you have it, and I and I've went attended school with people who are like that, who went and got into another field, and it's like, what are you doing with that? You know, God gave you that gift to do something with, you know. Yeah. And it, to me, if you take w- what you have and do something good with it, that that's the to me that's the key key of life, you yeah. know. Yeah, Corey, you got this whole thing with all the arts and stuff. You can do all this stuff. But to go out and show somebody else, to spark that interest, um, don't don't let it slip by. Because you don't want to get, like, up there in age and sitting at the nursing home. And, and, and that actually happened. I worked in uh, therapeutic rec for many years. And I remember one lady, she, gosh, she had to have been in her 90s at the time. We would do this, like, little senior citizen decathlon where just be like little office Olympics type stuff with a putter. And, and she was an ace. She was a ringer. <laughs> I mean, she'd hold in one, she'd do the, the ring toss, and she'd laugh herself silly. And I had, I took pictures of this lady and her son came in and he was a senior citizen. You know, she was in her nineties. Yeah. I said, do you know Ethel is like a jock? And he's like, Oh, come on. And I'm like, look, she got the first place for the, my mom. And and, and and then like he'd sit and we he, I knew her all my life. She never did any kind of sports. And right. we'd sit and talk to her. She goes, Oh, when I was little I loved sports and all this. I was like, What? Could could she have let all that go by? To, yeah. And so many times you hear about the baby boomer ages when the parents would just put everything aside to uh, to do stuff for the kids and I'm just like, That's fantastic, but maybe take what you have and inspire the kids and, and don't don't totally shove everything off that you have. Take it a little bit. Because one of the people, oh, you know, you could be in Hollywood. You could be doing, you know, you should be doing it. If you are doing something that you love to do with that craft or skill that you've gotten from the almighty aboves, and you're you're implying that and you're doing something for the good of the, the world mm-hmm. to make a better, I think that's, the, I think you're, you're rocking on. Yeah. If that made any sense at all. No, it did. And I, I, and I agree with you. The only part with the whole, uh, uh, I guess, the success end of it is, the bigger you get, the more people you can influence. That's the one thing that is positive from all of that. Okay. I mean, you can get lost in the success, I guess. But the more successful you get, the more exposure you get, the more people are attracted to that. And you can help more people, I guess, would be the only, the positive that comes out of it. The cool part is now, and you know, I was just talking about this yesterday with another guy who came in here uh, who's, a, who's a Bitcoin guy. So he's like he locally makes money with bitcoin and like they he, we were talking about 
how when we were growing up in school, it's like to do anything, you've got to leave Altoona. You've got to leave central Pennsylvania. And if you live in a small town, medium-sized town anywhere across America, you probably feel the same way. You're like, i I got to get out to be successful. Mm-hmm. But now with technology, with yes. the internet, with the power we have, mm-hmm. you can do it. Any, you don't have to go anywhere. That's one of the reasons I left radio is like I don't need to bounce all over the country nope. and do the, the old school radio jock, disc jockey awesome. thing. You can do it in a in a big closet yep. where we're, we're yeah. sitting right yeah. now. You know, that's the crazy part of it. So, and then you watch these YouTube stars who might be 16, 17 years old and they're girls sitting in their bedroom and they just talk into a camera or talk into their phone and upload it and they're insane. Millions of followers. My son, another thing I get inspired by is like we watch these, these I'll, I'll say stupid families, but they're not stupid because they're probably raking in a lot of money. But they just... It's like their day-to-day life with their kids or their kids, like, they get them toys, they open the toys up on camera or the open box things, they'll buy stuff and the dumbest videos ever. And, and like, I, I watch them for some reason, I get sucked into them because my son will watch them and I'm like, oh, man, these are really stupid. But for some reason, I'm interested in what happens. And though I'll look at the view count and it's like 8 million views. I'm like, they're probably making six figures off of these terrible videos. And what you am I doing? You never know what you know, the public's going to buy. It's wild. And we all love, and it's one of the reasons I think the Kardashians are so popular, is because not not like you'd ever, it'd be hard to actually live their life to get to that level. But if you watch their show, which I uh, have, I don't want, hate to admit it, but I have watched it, they just talk about day-to-day things. It's like, oh, my hair is bad today, or this guy screwed me over. They're family issues. And the more you can talk about your life and your experiences and your day-to-day crap, the more people uh, tune into it. They they get it because then you're on their wavelength. You're not talking above them. You're not talking about something that's difficult to achieve or takes a lot of discipline to do if you keep it to a, a day-to-day kind of mentality of what your life's like. I still then. can't figure YouTube out. I would make these little five-minute segments on how to draw stuff you know and i'm thinking that's really good and you think that i held a camera with my left hand and i was drawing <laughs> in my right hand and you just get a yeah, tripod this then. is pretty good do that that'd be too too hard for me to do <laughs> and uh you know do a little editing and put the stuff out like that and oh that's pretty good yeah look at youtube 22 hits okay oh, wow. then i go to yoda farts and there's nine zillion quadrillion <laughs> hits yeah, so well, you're, like, a, you're a farts way Wow, more. what am I doing wrong? Do I need to call this something else? <laughs> well, it's also the content. It's also the amount of content that you have is another huge part of YouTube. It's just the amount of stuff there is to look at that you did. That's another part. If you go to somebody's page and they have 10 videos, eh. You go to somebody's page and they have 100 videos, you're probably going to stay a little bit longer and click on more videos. So I, that, that, that plays a big part in it. Um, but also Yoda farts is... <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. You know, after we're done, the first thing you're going to do is type in, you know, the farts. I've farted 10 times during this podcast, so I can't wait to check it out. So, Corey, if they want more information about you, how can they get more info or, you know. About me? Uh, yeah, if they want to know more about you. Well, if they would. Well, if know. they want to, stop by the uh, Central Blair Park and Recreation the Commission. I'm over there on um, Fifth Avenue a lot. Uh, my, um, I don't have a website anymore because I got so crazy busy and I had kids and stuff like that I just needed to back off a little bit but I have right. the, the Facebook page and what if they don't live in the area and they want to like see your art say they live outside of the state or something or they're living in like Bangladesh or Taiwan and they want to know what you're about oh my god! and gosh. they want to see like your artwork 
Well, they go. Imagine if there's one person in Taiwan, Taiwan right now, and you might change their life <laughs> by giving them the the location of your artwork. Have them drop me a line at uh, CorbinGeis at gmail dot com. It's C O R B E N G E I S. That's short for Corey Benjamin Geishauser. How can they see your artwork though? Um, is there anywhere you have it? But uh, I, I have it on Facebook right now. Uh, I did a, the panel called History Bluffs B L U F S S. Did I spell that right? Yeah, and uh, they can see a ton of my artwork there. I have um, my Tuesdays with Corey page that I, I had with um, Central PA Live. That was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, that's that's what they could do. Okay. And I I know people are out there watching and looking because I have so many caricatures. Uh, that I'm doing, and uh, Christmas season just ended. I do Christmas cards, my own Christmas cards, but I ended up doing them for lots of people, and that starts. Right, people start calling up for their Christmas cards like Labor Day. That's like a business in itself. I'd yes, imagine. it is. And then the uh, caricatures, I probably had at least three or four dozen that I had to do for Christmas, and it, not and just now you have one more. One more. You do mine. I should have just drawn it here, <laughs> uh, and um, but it would be like the the family. A caricature, which is great because yeah. you know, like dad has his football jersey on, or mom has you know her football jersey on, whatever. But right. there's so many things you could do with caricatures, and uh, it's, it depends on the creative person that that actually gets them uh, what you can do with. But yeah, call, look for me, Geishauser is really hard to spell G E I S H A U S E R. Yeah, it's like geisha user, that's what it is. If you're trying to spell people, I can't spell your name, it's geisha user. <laughs> And they're like, never forget it now. What's a geisha? I don't even know. You know the geisha, the yeah. Japanese girl. I know, but I... I don't know what a geisha is. I would, I would have had no idea how to spell geisha, though. <laughs> I could spell Geishauser before I could spell geisha. I, I promise you that. All right, man. Thanks for did, coming in. Did we do okay? Yeah, we're good. We're good? I feel pretty good about I it. I tell you what. We got a few plugs in there about Jack Zerby. We, <laughs> that he... he uh, when he comes on, he needs to talk about me a couple times. Well, if, if Jack Zerby ever dons this podcast, I think it's going to be its own. He needs his own. And we were talking about this. He might have to sit where you're sitting. Well, yeah. He, his <laughs> It won't be the Rob Z Radio podcast. It'll be like the story of Jack. The Jack Z. Because he needs his own he platform. He does. Although I don't know if he would do it. I think it would be more of us telling stories about him than him telling the stories. Can you take the microphone over to the coffee shop? Over to the Black Dog. I might be able to. But <laughs> oh, my God. All the other old guys will jump in the and sensors start button. ripping into him. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Corey. That has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. That'll wrap it up. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to Trade Secrets, 1223 13th Avenue uh, in downtown Altoona. On Facebook, Secrets in Trade. Instagram, trade secrets underscore skincare. What is cool about trade secrets is uh, Steph and her husband, they are a family owned, family run small business. They make all their products in house. So everything they create is made by hand. It's all natural. There's no added strange chemicals that major corporations might add to their items. They do not add anything. It's all natural. It's so good for you. And that's why I love their products. That's why I have them on the podcast. Trade Secrets. Check them out. And also, speaking of uh, great products and just great people, Sarah Vogel, who runs the Clay Cup in uh, downtown Altoona, right down the street from me, at the Clay Cup on Facebook and Instagram. It's a very unique coffee shop, something that you would not find anywhere else uh, in our area. And I don't know about any other area. She like would fit right in in Seattle or fit right in in Portland. That's what I love about the Clay Cup. 
She brings a great vibe to a small town like Altoona, Pennsylvania. So make sure that you check her out. And she also brings the creativity. So when I say she, it's Sarah who runs it. But the business itself brings creativity. If you can get your coffee, you can get your tea, you can get your pastries or whatever you need to fulfill your stomach, but also to fulfill your creative side. If you're a creative like myself or Corey, then you're going to want to check her out for her uh, pottery, for her watercolor classes, and everything else that she offers for the artists out there. Thank you to Sarah at The Clay Cup on Facebook and Instagram. 1304 11th Avenue. Thank you for listening, Zebras. I'll talk to you next time. Peace out. That's brutal.